This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Now it's time for Spiritual Learning with Priestess Lily. radio show priestess lily sacred heart healer and space holder and spiritual life coach hi i'm priestess lily welcome this radio show podcast i've created to help assist humanity rise the consciousness through connection and holding space for thought activating conversations with heart-centered leaders wisdom keepers and divine humans expanding into their authenticity and soul purpose. My sacred vessel is a soulful activation, recalling reclaiming parts of yourself that you have forgotten in order to heal and walk in the cyclic nature of ourselves, Mother Earth and the universal energy. My beautiful guest today, Henny, acknowledges all the old people that have taught her many life lessons. She is a natural lover of history. She enjoys translating traditional knowledge into modern day context to uplift and connect others. She is an educator and facilitator of the lunar cycles and her amazing heritage. And I welcome her today. I am so excited to interview you. Nah. <laughs> I've been following you secretly, quietly on um, Instagram for a wee while now. I love your energy. I love what you share. I love your work. And I just think there's so much learning, you know, that we as we as a collective could receive from you and re- receive from the moon. Totally. So tell me. I know that we just talked just then briefly and you go, do you know my journey? You have my story? And I was like, no. And then you're like, we better record this. What would you like to share with the listeners? Kia ora, kia ora, Lily. Kia ora, everyone listening in Te Waipounamu, the land of the mm. green stone and beautiful clear waters. I'm in Paihia, which is perhaps the opposite end of our beautiful country of Aotearoa. So I'm on the east coast. Pai here, um, well, it's it's a lot warmer than down south. It's beautiful and it's coastal. So uh, warm greetings to us all. My name is Hini Hotirini. I'm a mukapuna of Titiriti o Waitangi. My ancestor, Kawati, signed um, Titiriti. And um, I'm six generations from from that, that legacy. Um, yeah, so I live in, in, in the Bay, um, where my ancestors are from. Um, and my mother is from Ngāti Raukaua ki Te Tunga, and also from Ngaitahu. So i um, really pleased to be talking to you because I do have a strong connection with the South Island and my ancestry. Uh, not only from Ngaitahu, but I am also uh, from the Maddock family of Scottish descent and the Nortons. Uh, and that's on my great grandmother's side, and uh, on my uh, gra- and also 
on my great grandfather's side, uh, Irish heritage from uh, Cork, Cork, uh, the county of Cork in uh, Ireland. So the Roach family. So um, I am of Māori Whakapapa and what better place to be a Māori than on our land here in Aotearoa, mm. where you can be as true as you, you, you can be, but also to acknowledge my, my ancestry uh, in, the, in many levels tonight or today as I'm speaking with you also. Kia ora. So my journey, um, I, I, I claim I, I am the Maramataka Queen. Maramataka is the Māori lunar calendar. Ma means white, one of the first Māori words we'll learn. Ma is white, fiddle is red. Rama means light. Rama is light and Marama is the moon. And Taka means to fall. And so Marama Taka is everything that comes under the, the influence of the moon. And of course, in this world we live in, we are all connected to the environment. Some of us like to think we're not or want to be a little bit above it mm. but we're interconnected and so what I teach around maramataka and lunar knowledge and transitioning this ancient knowledge uh, into the modern day context to be applicable and beneficial to us in the here and the now um, what I also really encourage is being aware of our connection to the environment and also our own cycle our own maramataka our own cycles within us um, yeah, so that's the sum of the kōrero, but I'll I'll be sharing with you all, um, starting around the, the moon, going into the sky, and then we'll start to bring it back to the land, because at this time of the year, we're watching puanga or puaka down there in the South Island, the rising of the morning, early morning star uh, during our Matariki New Year time. Some other tribal areas observe Matariki stars, us in the north Puanga, uh, you down south Puaka. Um, but whatever we may be up to um, for this special time of the year, for me it's about celebrating my survival. Um, my survival as a person, uh, particularly. Um, and I, I started to tell my story about uh, just recently what's happened to me in the last 18 months. I was diagnosed with stage four endometrial cancer. Um, I'm quite a proactive person. My heat pump's going, so I don't know if that's going to affect our kōrero, um, but let me know if it's affecting the sound. Um, yeah, so I was diagnosed with cancer, and it was quite a shock. I have, I've got four children. I've been sick for a while. I keep going to the doctor saying something's wrong, something's wrong. I said, I want to test for cervical cancer. I've looked on the Google. They said, you're, you know, you're okay. It's a bit presumptuous. I says, I'm Māori. Māori died 20 years earlier than, than other others. I said, so when you look at me, I'm not 40, I'm 60. I'm 60, treat me like that. And so it all came to a head. Um, and yeah, I was diagnosed with endometrial cancer. It was quite a shock. Um, I fought it every every bit of the way, but you know, Lily, um, that first, you know, just shocked, came out of nowhere. It was a very quiet ride home. I knew I was sick, um, but I nowhere near expected that. And it had stage four, so terminal spread from out of my um, Faretangata, my house of of people. We call it Faretangata, the womb. 
um, and gone into my stomach, my lumps, and my spine. So the first night, I woke up and I thought, you know, the wars, we call it te porua, the long night, the long night, the wars were closing in, and what I, I'm sure a lot of you have experienced these uh, feelings, and it was a long night, and it was a very terrifying night. Um, I was absolutely petrified. And um, the next night I woke up like that again. I woke up in the middle of the night about two o'clock, you know, as you do, and I was like, just too much. I could feel, feel everything closing in. And I said to myself, Henny, you know, because my time had shortened. I, I had gone from this, this amount of space to this. And I thought, Henny, what are you going to do? You can't spend the rest of your life waking up and feeling like this and being terrified in the middle of the night. This is not a good way. Um, when you're up against something massive like cancer, it's very serious. And I said to myself, I said, Henny, what do you know? What do you believe in? What do you know? And I said, well, the doctors, when they think, when they look at me, they're just looking at, at this and, and, the, and the x-rays and, and this. But they don't see this and that and that and that and that and all the layers and all of the many different levels and all, everything that's there that's not often seen with the visual eye but it's present and we call it as maori we call it te wahi ngaro ngaro means that you can't it's not quite apparent it's missing um and wahi is another place so i thought you know you believe in that you believe in and being maori you believe that that's your power and what am i good at well what am i the expert is maramataka and using maramataka to plan to plan and strategize and i'm descended from some hard out uh, warrior lineage and i thought tap into that tap into it so that's what i did lily uh, when i was up against cancer something massive i used uh, my intuition i used my belief in my people my ancestry my culture my ways of doing things and the cycle of the moon i planned out my health journey and uh, using the moon and my belief and understanding and intuition around that and the best best activity, activities to do at certain times towards uh, reclaiming my health. So it was, I did all of this, I was diagnosed um, uh, not this December, just not the November, just gone. So what's that, 2021 was 2020, week before my birthday. And so I spent summer, I did the chemo, um, I did everything. I did everything and I integrated a lot of uh, Maori medicine, alternative medicine. You know, I'm no, you, you can't be a snob when it comes to health. You take everything. Mm. Um, can't be, yeah, and it's about tuning in. And so I spent summer, I did as our ancestors do, worked hard, worked hard in summer, more energy, more light. Um, used the environment, used it to work hard. Um, and by the time I came around to the cycle of the harvest, um, so I teach this in my Maramataka planning. Um, and by the time I came through the cycle of the har harvest and you can measure how work, how well you've actually worked in summer is by how well we are in, in March, April. And when the doctor gave my diagnosis and said, Henny, in March, he said, Henny, you're all clear. It's out of your spine, it's out of your limbs, it's gone. And I was like, 
you know, my, my family had been with me all through it. And then they were just like, oh, you know, I was just like, yes, yes. But it wasn't till the next day and everyone had left me and I woke up in the morning, I was sleeping on my mattress in the lounge. I dragged my mattress out and I woke up in the morning and I was like, I said to myself, I was like, you are powerful. You are powerful. You did it. And just that, I was like, wow. So what a ride. What a ride. What a vibe. Um, my sense of time was always a little bit different than everyone else because I follow Maramataka. Um, and now I feel like I've grown a hundred years. I've learned so much. I was open. I've seen so many different people's journey. I was with a lot of sick people. I don't fear death. Um, I don't fear um, being around people that are ill. I really understand mm. a, lot, a lot of understanding for others. I don't judge people. I've lived quite a hard out life. And I'm very accepting and I just have like, I would describe it as quite a pure love for everyone. I just go around and go, whoa, whoa, beat me in that house. Yeah, so that's me. Um, and a few th other things, I, I, I always like to challenge everyone listening to me and just drop a few little um, golden bits in. So I'll, I'll also do that before we finish our show. But yeah, just if you have any more questions... Lily? Holy crap, sister. I can, um, you know, I can definitely, definitely, you know, just witnessing you on your journey as a powerful woman. And, you know, didn't know that this is how we were going to start our show, but I <laughs> love it. Because, you, you know, I also, I also had a very similar journey. Mm. very similar journey and mine was when in my when I was 28 mm. and it was um my wound space too where I had to leave my marriage you know and um, intuitively I was ignoring everything that needed to be addressed and manifested you know the manifested it into the physical body and um you know I remember going to the doctor very similar journey to you um, probably not as sick as you, but very similar. And I remember, you know, it wasn't until I started to own and heal who I really was and call upon my own, like, heritage and, you know, my own magic. And I remember being told I was never going to have children and, you know, hadn't had my period for probably about 12 years. Wow. And I started working on the moon. I started working with the moon energetically, had no idea what I was doing, but just intuitively just felt so called back to, you know, the moon cycle and myself. Um, and it was, you know, I remember the day I got my period, you would have thought you, I'd had gold. You would have thought like yeah. I'd won like a million bucks or something ridiculous because, you know, I remember in my, in my, in my teens, you didn't want that shit. Mm. You know, you didn't want it, but to understand that, you know, the red tent, the that's when women are at their most potentness. And, you know, I remember when I did fall pregnant with my son, just what a magical moment that was. And, um, you know, now I get my period every month on the full moon, like gold. And I think how, you know, for me, you know, for me, 
and you know that whole healing journey when we actually surrender and start to really look at ourselves not only as a physical body but in the cycles of nature exactly everything that you spoke about how much wealth of knowledge that we actually aren't really tapped into or aren't really like receiving yeah yeah definitely um for me um it happened when i i i had to, I turned, I've been um, living by the Maramataka, the Māori Luna cycle. I planned all my um, children's births and the, the, the conception and everything on the moon, right down to getting married. I think my um, children's father, because he, he, he was the moon expert, or still is, and I went to live with a family that had never left the land, never stopped gardening, fishing. They'd kept their, their land. Um, and so a lot of our knowledge went, underground when the Tohunga Suppression Act mm. uh, made it illegal and we had to hide a lot of, of this um, ancient Matauranga Māori and explanations on how to live. We hid it so much that we, lo- we lost it. We, the, children didn't, the children didn't see it, so they didn't understand. And so, um, and so I, I, I married into a family that had maintained the knowledge and then living with the experience of it, you know, first Ruben would say things to me like, oh, I think you should be careful traveling on the road today. And I'd just ignore him and then I'd get a flat tire. And so I could see things happening through my experience and then um, living by it. But then I, I started to have my a relationship breakdown and I'd had, had enough and I had turned away from the moon. I wanted to turn away from it. Um, and I was ho-ha, you know, I was ho-ha with my kid's father and the way I was living and everything. And so I kind of just had a bit of a blast. And when that happened, you know, I, re- I really suffered when I became disconnected. When, and, it was, and so, you know, I knew the signs, I knew everything. And I still kind of was like, oh, I think I'll be all right. I think I'll be all right. The, the tohu, we call it, the signs that you get. And so for me, being a practitioner of maramataka, and then um, I felt also that what this did is it pushed me into menopause because I had my um, womb taken out. And I had been saying to my close close girlfriends, I had been saying, I feel like I need to level up and I feel like I'm not getting there. And now when I've gone through all this journey, it's made me level up because I've gone, I'm now lo- no longer, I've gone into uh, Pākehā with people in the, the the culture they would call it the crone stage of yeah. life um whereas us for for maori we call it ruahine and so then you become much more active in the sacred rituals and practices and now for so long this has been absent from our culture and i feel like everything that's happened with me has pushed me into the status of claiming uh, the rights of ruahine and explaining and um not explaining but really communicating how valuable that is and us as a Māori, um, us as, as families, our spiritual leadership comes from our grandmothers and when our grandmothers aren't confident or don't have that knowledge or even disempowered within their regular lives, they can't even uh, be taking care of the spiritual and physical mental health of their families. Well, this is when we have a real breakdown. So this levelling up that's been cause because of this blessing of the cancer mm-hmm. um it's it's pretty amazing yeah yeah and so when you talk about um 
your husband's family and them being very connected to you know that side of themselves um because you know so many people say to me how do you know what you know lily do you just go read it in books no you've got to be like i like i go there's no books for this stuff sister yeah yeah because you have to be open to it um the other thing is I'm the type of person like a lot of fucker papa genealogy. Mm. I'm quite good at it um, some, because I'm interested. You have to be interested mm. um, and you have to put yourself um, like actually ask a question in your head and go, I wonder, and actually, I wonder what this is. And then you start to look and, and if you look, you will find something mm-hmm. and being open to it. Um, I come from a research background as well, um, oral archivist. I worked in multimedia for many years and um, I would always work by the principal um, uh, uh, ask, um, ask a question that the people know the answer to. And so you're, for me, I always ask a question that's... Um, very quite simple mm-hmm. you know quite simple um and we also have quite a feeling of loss too at the moment um we feel a loss because so many of our old people have passed on and we think that when they've passed on that we've lost that knowledge that mm-hmm. it's gone with them and so we have this like oh you know a yearning and a, um and it doesn't sit right but I'm finding for this opportunity of celebrating um, Matariki Puanga, the first public holiday ever, that um, officially it's being recognised in this country. And for myself, it's massive. It's so huge because it's the honouring of all the people that just when uh, there was the time of it all being hidden away or being ignored or not accepted, that there were certain families that carried this on and carried the kōrero and the knowledge on, and I reflect on my papa te kai mākeha, who I spent a long time, and we, we, we um, visioned this day, we, we, we planned for it, and now it's come, and so I'm celebrating the survival of our cultural heritage, of our mātauranga Māori, uh, remaining intact and being able to share it in a comfortable space, and with people wanting to know, actually mm. wanting to know more, keen, keen to know. So I'm at this time of of um, my Matariki celebrations. That's what I'm celebrating is our survival, and um, and just honouring those that were part of everything to get us to here. And so it's time to party. Yeah, it's I. You know, I think it's amazing how much we've actually grown in. Um, integrating embodying more of our culture of our you know indigenous people I think that you know it just shows that I want to say I know we're not completely um healed but it just shows me like how much even my son he learns Mary at school and and I I don't even know sometimes what he's saying to me but, you know, that was because my, because at school, that just wasn't even part of our education. Yeah, I do blame the New Zealand education system on such poor etiquette mm. as well, you know. Um, 
but I would get told things from my aunties and they would say things like you, you especially around um, rongoa Māori, so Māori medicine, and they would say you can only go, you go the Pākehā way or you go the Māori way. So you pick one or the other. You go all Māori medicine or all Pākehā medicine. And it really didn't make sense to me until I was getting the chemo and they asked me kind of what things I was doing. I wasn't taking kawakawa, which is a Māori rungwa plant. I wasn't taking that internally. I was having poultices. Um, I knew not to take it internally. But when they asked me what, I, what some of the things I was having, I thought I'd just drop it in. And then the reaction of the, ke- the chemist, um, I can't remember their name, the pharmacist, when she came in to ask, and the, her reaction, kawa, 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 and she was freaking out, kawa, kawa. Oh, no, it's too strong. It's too strong. And I said, are you, th- are we talking about the same kawa, kawa? She went and get, got one of her medical books that they had <laughs> written about, the kawa, kawa. Um, and she had said, it's so strong, it's so strong, it's, you can't have it with the chemo because it'll just impact on your liver, and that's when everything became quite clear. I thought, this is why the aunties said that. They said to you, you pick one or the other, and I, for me, it was quite an important uh, feature, and I thought to myself, it's not that you can't do them, you just don't do them at the same time, and that integration is working out intuitively what you place where and what type of healing you have where. So whether we're healing in that physical sense um, with, you know, Maori medicine, Chinese medicine, um, different other kind of therapies, um, it's about learning how they all fit in together. Yeah, and that's quite a key way we should be living our lives in Aotearoa is that um, we're working, we're trying to work out and determine how we fit in together. And it's not one on top of the other. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And that comes back to, you know, exactly how we started the show. We're all interconnected on mother earth, on mother earth, you know, cyclic nature I don't think we really realize how much we're all interconnected and you know um we're all like like we're all you know equal yeah I think I like to use because for Māori we talk talk about about wanting independence in this country Mm. mana Māori motuhake that's guaranteed to us guaranteed to us under te tiriti o waitangi Something that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a hold, I'm a holder of it because I, I fuck up up to it. Um, but I, I like to think of us as being interdependent. Mm-hmm. We saw this in, during the COVID that we, a lot of us realised that we actually were re- reliant on other people, um, and that that's actually a good thing. It's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. You know, and often in the society, it's like, oh, you know, I go out, I get my own job, I do things for myself, my own family, my own way, my my own reason, my own world. Well, hmm, we have to really ask ourselves some serious questions. Yeah, but where did that all come from? Where did you get that idea from? Why do you think that that's the way? Is it actually successful? What is successful? And so using um, all these changes that have happened and been put up on us in the last two years to really um, push for clarity. So I teach this in our Maramataka workshop. So marama means light. Maramataka is 
um, the moon cycle, but maramatanga is clarity, it's enlightenment, it's understanding the reason, the reason. And we're at the stage that we are, want, we are wanting maramatanga. It's not just enough to know, we want to know why, why, a bit more, the reason. So maramatanga, the clarity, the enlightenment, and yeah, it's very important because that gives us the motivation to want to know more and to keep evolving and, and developing. And uh, for this country um, of Aotearoa, it's also very significant for us to ask the hard questions during winter. Winter is a time of coming together. It's reviewing, um, it's considering what's worked, what hasn't, what's broken, what needs to fix. Traditionally, we'll be fixing our fishing nets and yeah, all the yeah. tools we need to, to be able to do the work in the warming months. Um, and I, I pose the question to us in this country, um, why in summer do, does this country shut down and go on holiday for three to four weeks of the year when summer is our most productive time? It's longer days, more energy. I talked about that before my, my, in my um, journey. And there's no way any of our grandparents sat around on big holidays like that in summer. Summer is for working and for getting our plans that we um, thought about, our dreams and aspirations that we spent time on in winter. Yeah. Consider summer's the time to be rolling out those plans. And we're we to again in the sweaty head because we're working so hard. By the time we come into the harvest, we have a bounty. And uh, so I'm like, how can we get ahead in this? country when at our most productive time we shut down and I'm involved in things like rammed earth building of houses and so sometimes I need to go to the council and look at the consent process and get inspectors out and things on site and now they're closed um, our social services arms will close our hospitals or, or everything's on skeleton staff and I think in this country that's the next step is to consider that for so long we've followed the calendar of our northern hemisphere ancestors who came here and settled here and Christmas and winter time over in the Northern Hemisphere when it's depressing, you need a, a bit of a pick-me-up, you need um, presence, family, joy around you, suits in that hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, but it does not suit our environment to be operating like that and having these big feasts when our garden has, haven't, gardens haven't harvested and they're worth $20 a pumpkin. So it just does not make sense. So we're operating, we're talking about aligning to the moon, but it's the seasons and why often we feel like we're going against the grain because we're not in the right sink for our natural environment of Aotearoa. Totally agree. Totally agree. You know, we should be, you know, we should have been gathering our harvest and right now be in the rest phase, recoup, nourishing ourselves you know um you know that energy for us to then receive more clarity you know more knowing so then when spring comes along we're we've rebirthed into that new phase of energy but yeah I totally totally agree I do a lot of um work around this for myself you know, obviously where I just will take a whole, you know, three or four weeks off just to really basically look after myself because, you know, because mm. you've just worked so hard that you get burnout. Yeah. 
Yeah, I follow, I use Maramataka too to help plan. Well, I'm the expert at planning and I'm an expert at transitioning my tauranga Māori into modern. So I'm really good. I think this is also one of um, the, the skills I have intuitively is I'm able to explain things without compromising the integrity of the knowledge um, to many different audiences. So it's applicable. And then, you know, I was down at the beach um, a couple of weeks ago down here in Tehomi and I saw an elderly couple and they were in the waves and they go to my gym. And so I went to say hello, not big waves, it's just a bay, a bay here as part of the Bay of Islands, Tehomi, Pai here, Waitangi, Rustle across, across the bay. Um, and the water started to bubble up. It started to bubble up. And I saw the man kind of look around like, what's that? And he looked out. He just looked out into the bay. And he was looking and looking. And it was bubbling and bubbling. It got more whoosh, 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 whoosh. And then it was sort of like all these little waves coming in like a wake. Coming in. And he said to, he said to me, took a while before he said something. And he said to me, what's that? What's that? And I said, because he was looking. I was looking out. And I said, oh, and I thought to myself, oh, he's looking for a boat. He thinks it's a wake from the boat. I said to him, oh, it's the turning on off the tide. It's the turning off the tide. What's happened, it's what happens at this place. It's called Tehomi, which means whoosh, and it has a special turning. And when it turns, it bubbles up like that. It takes about 10 minutes till the bubbling comes in, turns, and then it goes out. The turn. And he said to me, you know, I've been on, on boats all my life. I'm a fisherman. He said to me, that's amazing. I've never, I've never experienced that. I've never been conscious of that. I've, I, I didn't even know there was such a thing. And I, I said to him, yeah, yep. And, and for me, this is the very point. And he said to me when he left, he said, I'm over seven, I'm over seven, 70 something, 76. And he said, I'll, I'll never forget this day. That was quite an experience. And I thought to myself, this is something I like to share with, um, um, you know, our mainstream people that this knowledge on our environment that's been held by us as kaitiaki, as Māori, benefits everyone because I just saw how he was like, wow. Mm. <laughs> He's, he was yeah. there, he experienced it, he felt it, and then I was there to explain explain it. Otherwise, he couldn't make sense. Something's happening, I don't know what. Shall I just ignore it? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that you've, I love that you shared that. Um because that's the thing, I think we we try and, you know, and at some times we just try and rationalise this stuff in our head. We're looking for the, you know, we're looking for the solution, like for that man, the boat, and, I, you know, I would have been the same, completely thinking exactly the same as what that gentleman was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the um, the Maori New Year, Makariki. Māori, Māori New Year, Lily, Māori New Year. I know, I know. I feel like I'm doing a bit of a hash job. I should have sat there, should be getting my son to interview you. Well, you know, my mother, my mother, she learnt te reo Māori at being over 60. She retired early and did full-time te reo Māori. She said, I've got six mokopuna that all speak Māori, I need to learn. And she found it so hard because when you're used to doing something a certain way, yeah. you just carry on, you know, you're programmed. It was very um, funny, though, that when my grandmother, who was similar, and she, she developed Alzheimer's now, she never pronounced, that was a bonus. She stopped pronouncing the Māori words wrong. She'd get it right. When we would say something, she'd pronounce it right straight straight away. So I guess that's a bit of a roundabout um, 
roundabout way of kind of getting to what I want to emphasize is I understand that it's hard and I understand um, it's that conditioning, but um, like the the man at the tide, we've we've got to retrain ourselves, retrain ourselves. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I know it's hard work. Yeah, through my mum's experience, when you get used to just the yeah, same things a certain. My way. sister's learning it now as a school teacher. Yeah, and, and she, for us, she, yeah, she's just like my tongue's getting all t- twisted and tied. Yeah. That so it demonstrates the effort, the effort and the respect to get it right. Mm. So with the new year. Māori New Year. Come on, Lily, you can say it. Māori. 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 is white. Māori. Māori. Getting there. Getting there. I'll take it. I'll have it down packed next time. Is it is it a moment for for you to reflect on where you're heading for the next year? Like what the world celebrates on the thirty first of, you know, December. Yeah, ours is very a very different. So here's my Maramataka here. I better let you know about this Maramataka.co.nz. You can check out my website. Follow me on the Facebook Maramataka Maori on Insta. And so this is the whole Maori Moon calendar forecasted no one's done it before this was the transition of the the ancient into the modern so putting it in line with the gregorian calendar as much as we can um and then developing this color code that ruben did and that was the real clincher of um, adding on to his grandfather ihaka poeta's uh manuscripts about maramataka uh that's the family maramataka and actually studying it and seeing the themes and developing a color code a color code so when people are using this and planning ahead they can tell by the color codes even though they might not be able to speak maori they can tell the type of energy Mm -hmm. energy. and also you know whether it's good for fishing whether it's good for um gardening absolutely um and also in here it starts in pipiri in june and pipiri in june is our maori new year we started in the north from the new moon. So we actually started about two weeks ago, our transitioning in. And we generally have a whole winter period of wānanga, we call it, um, higher learning, consideration, reviewing. Um, but I've had to push everyone to get into this um, and to acknowledge that our new year isn't similar to the 31st of uh, 31st of December transitioning into the first one. Three, two, one, happy new years. And we're all kind of ha- having a big celebration. Um, in Matariki, the actual tikanga is uh, we're very quiet. And so there's a lot going on around at the moment, you know, wines and bit of get togethers down at the bars and trying to perk everyone up in mm. Matariki and cheer up. That's good, but it's a real time for transformation. From, mm-hmm. from going deep within and having your own personal wānanga within yourself about uh, where you want to go and what's happened and transitioning and letting go of everything that needs to let go and acknowledging what needs to get fixed, like the fishing nets. And it could be simple things like, oh, that's really been annoying me and I need to put that on my list to do as we come into spring. But it might be even goals like, actually, I'm going to 
make sure that I pronounce uh, Māori right for the new year. And I, I, I'm a massive planner, and um, but you're absolutely absolutely right as well as um, being very personal and very private for the individuals having a lot of those moments within our whole winter period. And so by the time we come into spring, we're very invigorated and ready to roll out all of those those plans that, yeah, we spent time wānanga. Wā means time and wānanga is a time of higher learning. And yeah, so planning out, so we're doing the right activity now. I'm, I've been online every day since March. I go on online usually when I can feel everyone quite down mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll go, I'll, the last major lockdown two years ago is when I first started to talk to everyone daily in the morning. Cause I could feel that everyone was very uh, freaking out. This is before I got sick. And um, I thought, why is everyone freaking out? God, this, this, the timing's perfect. Everything's fine. I was looking at the Maramataka side. No, this is going good. We're going to be all right. So then sharing that cordial with with everyone to for them to see things from a different angle and then because they were more in tune to being at home and away from everyday distractions and away from the clock and resetting into this natural time system which is maramataka a natural time frequency um people were really open to the learning and so in March again I could feel that a lot of you know people were on edge with the mandate of vaccines and who's in what club are you this and that and a lot of friction and so I thought I'd I'd start and and it's good for me too to have a routine and and to get up every day and so I don't myself go off stray um keeps me in check but I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit tired now um, so I'd, I'd quite like to have a little break soon. <laughs> I was going to say um, to you, what gems of wisdom would you really like to share? I mean, everything that you've shared is an absolute gem. But what gems of wisdom would you like to share with the listeners But before we end? Um, I think it would be really good for us to consider our own identity at this time like who are we and what are we comfortable with and what are we not comfortable with and who defines us Mm. um and we know who defines us ourselves and spending a lot of time on that and and during this winter and i'm just mentioning that because i still have a lot of people like if i say the words pakeha people are like oh pakeha get quite upset and if I describe things I'll say yeah and then the parkour world and people will go oh they're talking about me they're talking about me and we'll take offense if it's something that I don't like about mm-hmm. parkour well what is my my perception of parkour and what the category I put parkour in for me parkour is um non-moldy and sometimes I use parkour similar to the references of people would Bob Marley would say bullets but I think people shouldn't get so offended because I'm like, but if, but if you're confident, you know who you are, you wouldn't get offended by me talking about Pākehā because you know that I'm talking about it from my context and you're happy with who you are and who are you? Are you a Pākehā? Are you a person with Scottish whakapapa genealogy? Are you a mother? Are you a woman? Like... Are you a, 
that is a massive thing I think for us just to kind of try and get a bit of definition over it Mm -hmm. and if we can't define it say well I don't know and that's all right too but I've had I've actually spent time on it because we're like zooming around trying to do this and that but it's really about coming back to the real basics of us defining ourselves and once we define who ourselves are then we know what we want and we'll come into it even even stronger yeah I totally agree I did um a priestess temple school about just before lockdown and um part of that priestess temple school was learning about your lineage and your ancestral lineage and you know I really didn't have a clue if I'm all in all honesty, when I started to research my family tree and found out that I had came from Scottish descent and, you know, really, really went deep into that, a part of myself was healed. Yeah, it's so important. Ancestry is massive for us and as Māori culture because that's we're all part of, that's the fountain, you know, we're all the lead on. And so I have a laugh, like, because we, you know, we ask where people are from before we, we're not even interested in their name. We want to know where they're from because then it helps us think, oh, okay. So we're trying to find a link with you. This is the thing. When you define yourself and you know who you are, then when you meet other people, they try and we really try to link in. It's called whanaungatanga, um, relate to each other. And so, oh, I'm from Scotland. Oh, okay, my one of my ancestors or my cousins. And we're always trying to link in, not just whakapapa-wise, every, everything. Mm. Um, but if we think about it, um, you know, we have all these hereditary diseases and things that we are more susceptible to. But do we ever ask the question of, or we might say, oh, you know, I've got red hair because my great-grandmother had red hair. Yeah, that's important. But just right down to our mannerisms, the way we talk, our talents, um, and our everything. We would have weave, weavers come from weaving families, carvers come from carving families, mm-hmm. healers come from healing families, bush law, all of that. So also looking at your papa your genealogy but then considering okay what well, that's my family but what what was my family what did they do what were they experts in and how's that how am I seeing that come through now and in, in my lines we call it a Māori also you have a momo because my your families are brought up so close and you know you have your cousins second cousins third cousins third cousins means your great grandparents were were brother and sister and so we still understand a lot of us who are still living together how that happens but we have something called a momo and it's when you have a special trait and in the marae you'd have photos up on the wall of everyone that's passed and some of them might have passed you know 1950s 1960s and then you have the kids running around in the marae and the whare and they look like the people on the walls mm-hmm. and it's it. quite a that's quite a thing. The attributes, the momo, the, the actions, the little habits, the little way people moving. You'll, you'll see it in your sister. You'll see it in your kids even like, oh, God, they remind me of my mom, of my grandfather. And that's very special. And just tapping into that too is really good when defining ourselves as saying, wow, wow. Mm. And we already defined. It's just that we don't know it. No, <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, that papa. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've loved talking to you. Thank you, Lily. I've absolutely loved it. You have educated me in an hour that I'm just like, oh, I want more of you, sister. 
I want more of you. And I know that the listeners will absolutely love your knowledge. So how do they connect with you? Where do they find you? What's your Instagram? Um, so get one of these first and foremost, order one, two, whatever for you and your whanau because you want your whanau to be on board so they still get in at maramataka.co.nz. There's also a couple of workshops on there on maramataka planning so you can just order a workshop. Um, there's other few other things like a wellness journal. This is also about teaching women how to monitor. This is not the wellness journal. This is Hine uh, Raumati, which is Summer Woman Rising, but it's a little journey to help you monitor your cycle uh, with your moon, marama cycle, your 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 period time, um, but not just that, like your moods, um, all of that, and using the Maramataka to do that as well as other products. So that's how you can get a hold of me if you're wanting to book a workshop or something, maramamaldi at gmail.com. I go out and I, I don't just talk about maramataka. I talk, you know, I consider who the audience is and really try my best to leave them with something for them. I think it's really important when talking to people that you give them the right message to the right audience. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. And what an amazing story that you have just shared. Yeah, pretty proud of myself. Um, pretty, and like I said, I grew a hundred years. I had quite a um, full life before, and every day I wake up. I don't know if you've seen that movie, Pulp Fiction, Lily, with Uma Thurman. It's a bit of an old school movie now when she. Um, has a drug overdose and they stab her with the adrenaline shot I think in here and there's that scene and she's like <gasps> comes through and like oh what just happened well I wake up every day like that I wake up like <gasps> pretty much I'm just so happy to be alive and um, people think oh you know you're so um, spiritually in tune and they think I wake, wake up like dum de do dum de do no I wake up like yeah yeah let's go rock it made it yeah <laughs> i absolutely love it thank you so much for your time thank you all Nga mahi kia koutou katoa. Kia ora. Mm-hmm.